Let's pray and uh, us invite the, the power of the Holy Spirit to come and saturate us so we can uh, so we can be open up to the truth of the Word of God. Okay, Father, in the name of Jesus, we commit ourselves one, one more time, once again, to you and we submit ourselves to the, to the truth of the Word of God. Your Word is truth, like Jesus said. And therefore, Father, it is because it is the truth that it is the only one that will set us free. Father, touch us, Lord. By the power of your Holy Spirit, we ask you in the name of Jesus that uh, as we submit ourselves to, to the truth, that you will cause us to, to understand and comprehend the truth that is contained in your word. Thank you. This we pray in Jesus' name. All right, let's open. I'm going to read once again from uh, Revelation chapter 1. We're going to begin from verse 1. Let's uh, open Revelation 1 verse 1. Okay, it says here, The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave him to show his servants the things that must soon take place. And he made it known by sending his angel to his servant John. And I want you to, to let's jump straight to the, the verse 9. So now we're in verse 9. And this is John writing to, to, the, uh, to, the, to uh, the churches. He said, I, John, your brother and partner in tribulation and, on, and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, Write what you see in a book, and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamum, to Theatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and on turning I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The, the hairs of his head were white like wool, like snow. His eyes were like flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held the seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last, and the living one. And I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore and I have the keys of death and Hades. Verse 19, Write therefore the things that you have seen, those that are and those that, that are to take place after this. As for the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. All right. We're continuing the, this is the second sermon of the, on our series on the book of, of Revelation. Last week we did a, the review of pretty much the whole book. And uh, so this is the, the uh, we're going to, we're repeating again uh, 
chapter 1. And, uh, and as I said, you know, why the book of Revelation? And, uh, and uh, we, we talk about it, we deal with it, because we need to know that the book of Revelation, just like any other scripture, is uh, inspired by God. And also, you know, anyone who, who reads and, and, and uh, the, the book in, in chapter 1, in, in early verses, says that anyone who reads it will be blessed. So I'm going to read the book of Revelation just for that reason. And then, and then also we tackle the whole issue. The key to understand this book is first understand historical context. So seeing from that the literature genre and also the intended audience, how they would understand it. Like I said like last week, it is important to know what it meant to them, to the, the uh, original audience, before we know what it really means to us now. If we, don't get, if we don't get what it meant to them, we won't get what it really means to us. And we covered last week the two main focus of the content of the book, or the two, two main themes, is the revelation of Jesus and the triumph of the church. So this morning, we will talk first about the revelation of Jesus. And that's what the book is all about. And as, as you see, as we read before in chapter 1, verse 1, it's the very first sentence of that chapter 1, verse 1, is that the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servant the things that must soon take place. So... Uh, the, the 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 possible meanings there are two meanings in in that statement that it could be the revelation that is coming from Jesus the revelation of or from Jesus or the revelation revelation about Jesus concerning Jesus and as I studied I, I discovered that actually it is both it is coming from Jesus but also it is about Jesus both so. Uh, the, the, because the whole book presents uh, various descriptions of Jesus, which we discussed last week. It begins with the revelation of the resurrected Christ in, uh, in chapter 1 that we just read. And then all the way to his role as in, in the final battle in chapter 19, verse, uh, verse 11 to 21. And so... It, that's the revelation of Jesus, the, the present, presentation of Jesus. But the rest of the book, apart from his as the Lion of Judah, the, the whole presentation of the book, Jesus is presented as the Lamb that has been slain. Interesting. We will go, we'll get on with that more. But this is the point I'm trying to, to make first, and that is the necessity of revelation. Okay? This very word, revelation. This is just think about this. If God is infinite and we human are finite, then the question is that is it possible for the finite to have the capacity to know or to comprehend the infinite? So infinite like unlimited and the finite is just limited. Say that's our capacity. The truth is the reality is that the finite has no capacity to, to know or to understand the infinite. So, 
The only possible way for this to happen, to have that understanding, is when the infinite brings himself or limits himself within the realm of the perception of the finite. And which what God did, and that action that God did is called revelation, where the infinite actually brings himself or limits himself within the realm of the perception of the finite. And uh, a good scripture to see, to read, is that, that makes this statement, is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, where it says, For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also, no one comprehends the thought of God, or the thoughts of God, except the spirit of God. So my, my take on that is that it takes God to make God known to mankind. So, in this, the Bible presents Jesus, when we talk about Revelation, so the Bible, the scripture presents Jesus as the, the highest form of revelation of God. Yeah? Some of the references in the Bible concerning Jesus as the, the one that revealed who God is, as the highest revelation. The obvious thing is the Gospel of John, the prologue, what is known as the prologue of John. The Gospel of John begins with, with the prologue, which is uh, John chapter 1, verse 1 to 18. The opening statement of that prologue is, is that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So some people might be cynical and, and hold the Bible and say, oh, so this is Jesus? So the Word of God is Jesus? So, so is this Jesus? Well, no, no, no. It is the written word. Jesus is the incarnate word, and this is the written word. However, as you learn the Bible, that the written word and the incarnate word is not separable. They are distinguishable, but they are not separable. And then, of course, in that same prologue, which begins with, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, that's the opening statement of the prologue, and the closing statement of that prologue in in uh, John chapter 1, verse 18, it says, No one has seen God at any time, but the only begotten God who was at the Father's side, He has made Him known. He has declared Him. Alright? So, that's how, that's the present presentation of Jesus as the revelation of God. And, of course, Jesus' dialogue with His disciples in John chapter 14, verse 9 where Jesus said, if you have seen my Father, or you have seen me, you have seen my Father. We are one. The writer of the book of Hebrew in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, makes this statement. Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. And another one is uh, Colossians, which is a good statement. He said, Colossians chapter 1 verse uh, verse 15 he said for in him all the fullness of God and his deity was pleased to dwell see Colossians chapter uh, chapter 1 verse 15 to 19 and also chapter 2 verse 9 describes Jesus 
For in him, in Jesus, the fullness of God and his deity was pleased to dwell bodily. Okay. To sum it up, there's, you know, with, with all the, the statements in the scripture, we can make this claim that there is no, for Christians, there is no other God we know except the one we know through Jesus Christ, because Jesus is the fullness of who God is. All right? There's no other God than the one we know through Jesus Christ. Now, a logical question will be this, that seeing that the infinite, okay, by definition of revelation, the infinite uh, limit himself to so to 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 be, to come to the uh, perception to the realm of the perception of the finite. That is revelation. So, seeing that is the the, the definition. So the question is: uh, When we go to heaven to meet with God, okay, out of this world. Will God be other than what we see and know him now through Jesus? Because we see God for who he is, right? That's a good question. Somebody asked that question once. Seeing that revelation is God bringing himself within the, within the perception of the finite. So when we go to heaven, will God be other than what we know him now through Jesus? That's a good question. My answer is this. No, he will not be other than, even though what we know is, we know now, but what we know is the truth of it. The truth of God will always be the same. What we don't know is, for, for example, if God is loving, he is infinitely loving. The truth about God is he is loving, but he is infinitely loving. So I don't know how, how big is that love. I love, I love, I love what Paul Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18, he said, he prayed to, to, to the church in uh, Ephesians, uh, the uh, church in Ephesus. He said, I pray that you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ. In other words, we know the love of God, the truth of it, but we don't necessarily know the depth and the height and the breadth of it. Okay? When we go to heaven, I'm sure we're going to, for eternity, we're going to learn more about God. Because God is so huge. Let's go back to the passage. Talk about the revelation of Jesus. Okay, there are two kinds of revelation of Jesus, okay, that is presented in, in, in this passage, in chapter 1, verse 1 to, to uh, verse 20, that we read, okay? The revelation... In other words, the truth about Jesus that John already knew, okay, and what he heard and what he saw when he was in the Spirit, that he, so one that he knew historically, and one that he saw and he heard when he was in the Spirit, and as, as he was saying in, that, in those few verses in chapter 1. Okay, let's talk about the one that John already knew historically. Okay, when Jesus came, when Jesus came, he said, "I'm the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead." Okay, John made it, made that statement, the ruler of kings of the earth, in verse one, uh, chapter one, verse five. Okay, 
and and also as Jesus who will be returning in the cloud in Revelation chapter 1 verse 7 that's the revelation or the, the truth that John already knew because it is the saying of Jesus Jesus made that statement in Matthew chapter 24 verse 30 as a matter of fact the scripture uh, the Old Testament prophet prophesied about, about the coming of Jesus returning in the cloud in Zechariah chapter 12 verse 10 so the next thing is what John saw when he was what John saw and heard when he was in the spirit okay in chapter chapter 1 verse 10 to 17 let's let's look at this and he heard a voice giving him instruction okay to write what he sees in the book and send it to the seven churches now listen to this it says when he turned to see the voice that was speaking to him in verse 12 to verse 16 he saw a vision of a son of man okay he it's, it's interesting he used this this uh, description a vision of a son of man it's exactly it's interesting because that vision and the use of son of man is the same title that Daniel described when he was also in the spirit in Daniel chapter chapter 10 probably about over 500 years before when when he was in the spirit he saw as a matter of fact the de even the details of what he saw pretty much the description of that son of man that Daniel saw five six hundred years previously it's like point by point similar to what John described. So at that side, the, 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 he said, he described that he fell at his feet like a dead man. In verse, uh, chapter, one, chapter 1, verse 17. When I, when I heard the voice, the voice like the sound of many waters, he said, but when I turned around, I saw the appearance of the Son of Man. And he described the, the, that appearance and he said, when I saw him, I fell as like a dead man at his feet. The voice then presented himself, okay, this, this voice when he gave, when he spoke to John, he, he presented himself as equal to God. And, you know, because he said, I am the first and the last. Remember a few verses before that God spoke to John and he said, I am, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the Almighty. That was God speaking. And now the Son of Man, <laughs> Jesus himself, said, I am the first, the Alpha, and the Omega. Uh, I am the first and the last. Which is a title, like I said, referred to God. And then the following statement, this, uh, this appearance, this, this Son of Man, he said, I am the living one. I died and behold, behold, I am alive forevermore and I have the keys of death and Hades. As I, as I read that, it was like this, this, this idea of John, the, the picture of John, sort of hearing this voice like the sound of many waters. And he turned around, he saw this, this, this guy, this, this being, and uh, his face, like the the like the, the 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 bright sun in in its in its full strength, and then upon that vision, he he 
he fell flat on his face. He was confronted with Jesus, the post-resurrection post Jesus. So this is the resurrected Christ. And uh, so it's interesting how Jesus introduced himself. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. I have the keys of death and Hades. It was like because John didn't seem to recognize who this being is. So this being introduced himself like, hey, listen, I died and behold, I'm alive forevermore. It's, is it, it, it is as if Jesus said, are you getting it? I'm here. I'm Jesus here. <laughs> I know you don't recognize, recognize me so, so, that you, so that you know I'm the one who, was, uh, who, was, who died. And, and, and now am alive forevermore. You know that. So in case you don't get the, get the picture, I am Jesus. So here's the thing. What he saw while being in the spirit was the glorified Jesus. Of all men who's ever walked on, the, on, on, the, on earth, no one will be closer to Jesus than John himself. But here's the point, yet after the resurrection, it took the power of the Holy Spirit for him to recognize the glorified Jesus. He said, when I was in the Spirit, it took the power of the Holy Spirit to reveal who Jesus really, really is. It was as if John had to be reintroduced to Jesus, this glorified Jesus. And... Uh, that's why this this book, in this book, it, it, it is called the Revelation of Jesus, the Revelation of Jesus Christ. So, as I read that, I thought, okay, what is the point of Jesus? In Je it's almost like Jesus in His glory. So, what is the point of 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 the vision here? All right. It is within this moment of that vision that John received an instruction to write the message to the seven churches. Now, I want to, uh, as, you know, in talking about the, the point of the vision is, is this. The context of that situation when John was confronted with the resurrected Jesus. Let's consider where John was at at that moment. Okay, John, whose brother was executed one of the disciples of Jesus, whose brother called James was executed decades ago, probably three, four, five decades ago, is now in exile. He must be wondering about what's going to happen to him. It's like, okay, I'm in the island of Patmos. This is not a holiday. I'm in exile. I'm sure John was anticipating didn't know what to anticipate, really. So he was wondering what, was, what, what, was, what would become of him. Meanwhile, there is an increase. While, while that's happening, there's an increased tension between the powerful, the, 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 the empire, which was saturated with the cult emperor worship, where everybody was worshiping the emperor, the deity. They, you know, they, they see the emperor as a, as a deity, and the church, like I mentioned last week, was the only community that's refused 
that refuse to, to, to get involved in, in this sort of practice. And they, in their fragility, was, was uh, confronting with, with the state. So uh, they, they will not succumb to that pressure. And it is highly possible that John saw, and even, even at that time, just, just before that time, even a member of the church, you know, uh, of the church in Asia that John was writing a letter to called Antipas was executed just before his exile, I believe. Okay. And uh, so he saw the beginning of that. It's like, okay, things are escalating. And he, he didn't know what, what is to, uh, to take place here. So uh, it is also as if with this vision, Jesus was assuring John, he said, listen, I have all the power. I know what's about to happen. I know how it is going to end. But the church just needs to get its act together. Okay? So John, I can imagine, well, probably imagining his own fight. And Jesus came on the scene giving him the message for the church to get their act together, but also in giving the message, Jesus presented himself in such a way that with a, with a demonstration of such power and such glory that John has never seen before, even though he was the closest man to, to Jesus. When he came face to face with the true Jesus, it was like, whoa. I can, I can just imagine the conversation. I know it's not in the Bible, but maybe Jesus said, John, I've always been like this. It's just when I, when, I, when I saw you, when I came the first time, when you were walking with me on the earth, I was clothed with human flesh. But I've always been like that. I remember the, the, uh, the, uh, the prayer of Jesus in uh, John chapter 17, when Jesus prayed, and he said, just before his crucifixion, John chapter 17, he said, Father, glorify me. This is John 17, verse 5. Glorify me with the glory I once had with you before the world existed. So in other words, Jesus, at the appearance of Jesus at John, it was like just like Jesus was before. So I can imagine Jesus sort of tapping on the shoulder. It's all right, John. I've always been like this. You just didn't see that because I was clothed in the human flesh. I'm really intrigued as I study this idea of the revelation of Jesus. I want to keep it simple, but the revelation of Jesus, how Jesus revealed himself to make himself known to us, to mankind, all right, is that it's really interesting that like all the what John saw about if you read the book of Revelation, what John saw about, about the uh, the Son of Man, it was actually wasn't wasn't just John, even wasn't even just Daniel, but also Ezekiel saw the same thing, and he used the description of the Son of Man, and many of the imagery in in the book of Revelation was recorded by. By, by not just by John, but not just by Daniel, Ezekiel, and Zechariah. And as a matter of fact, you know, some of them also by Isaiah. And 
as I looked at this this thing, it, is that what is interesting is that all the dramatic visions and revelations of God or Jesus that are experienced by all these guys, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, and John, all of them have to do being commissioned for something, but also it happened during the time, during, during this tumultuous time, where the people of God are in a difficult time. Like, like it, you know, we read, John said, I wrote this in, when, I was, when he was in exile in the island of Patmos, called Patmos. Well, Ezekiel saw the, the same vision of the Son of Man when he was in exile. So did Daniel. He saw the same vision, same imagery, when he was in exile. It was as if God is trying to say, listen, doesn't matter where you are, wherever you are, I'm the same. I'm the one in control. Doesn't matter where you are. So he's, he's what I believe the clear message of the revelation of Jesus is that whatever situation we are in, okay, the clear message about this revelation of Jesus, whatever situation that we are in, the only guarantee, I'm going to have the, the guys, to, to, the measles, to, to get ready for worship here. If you guys can come in, just take your seat. I'm going to say again, the message is clear about this revelation of Jesus, is that whatever situation we are in, the only guarantee to our survival is our right perspective of who Jesus is. And I want to push this. Come in, come in, guys, just... And I want to push this. And the right perspective is not of who Jesus is in the light of the situation we are in, but rather seeing whatever situations we are in, in the light of who Jesus really is. I'll say it again. With the situation now, COVID-19, here we are once again, uh, in the fourth lockdown or whatever, I, 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 I've lost count. But, uh, but this idea of the revelation of Jesus, whether it's Daniel, whether it's John, whether it's Ezekiel, or, or, or whether it's uh, uh, Isaiah, it's almost like the truth of who God is or who Jesus is came at the difficult time it was as if the message for us is to in whatever situation we are in we need to have the right perspective and the right perspective is not of who Jesus is in the light of the situation we're in but rather seeing whatever situation doesn't matter how difficult it is we are in we see that situation in the light of who Jesus is. And I want to quote this scripture. This is my favorite scripture. Philippians chapter 3 verse 7. This is Paul. Paul wrote, 
before you know before verse 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 seven or a few verses before that Paul was giving his uh, his resume his achievement and then he said because he said I've done this I've done this I've done this I'm a Jew of Jew, of Jews and you know as for the law I've done all and then in verse seven he said but whatever I gain I had or whatever gain I had. I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Um, As Christians, many of us, I've done this. Often I take the knowledge of Christ flippantly. Yeah, I know Jesus, I know Jesus. But the scripture, especially the book of Revelation, shows that for as long as we live, we will know Jesus more and more. We don't know Jesus to his fullness, but we will know Jesus more and more. And I believe if there's anything that we can learn from the book of Revelation, John's experience of the resurrected Christ, he knew Jesus, he walked with Jesus, probably, you know, slept next to him under the tree or wherever, like, lived with him, shared meal together with him, and yet when he was confronted with the true like, Jesus, probably even not in, in his fullness, but the true Jesus or just Jesus, the post-resurrected Jesus, he didn't recognize him. That tells me that, man, I need to know more about Jesus. Just like Paul said. I count everything lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. And you're hearing this sermon, I don't know, Maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe it is an opportunity. I'm going to pray in a minute for us to, if you want to know Jesus, that's a good, 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 uh, good start. But when you might be, you might have been a Christian uh, for for a long time, for a few years. But guess what? You still don't know Him the way you should, because we are growing in the knowledge of Him. Let's make. This idea, as we talk about the revelation of Jesus, as our pursuit to know him more and more. You guys can play, just play something, uh, whatever. Let's just sing the song first. We're gonna sing, we sing hallelujah, and I just invite because worship brings us to the presence of, of God. And as, and as we come to the presence of God, uh, I believe God's gonna reveal who Jesus is. We're talking about the true Jesus. <laughs> 